The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. We're a living proof that the marriage can be successful, it can have a redemptive posture, and it can be a blessing for even your children to see that, hey, marriage still works. Their own blended family is a testimony to the power of God to redeem lives. Welcome to First Person, where today you'll hear the story of Craig and Gina Morgan, who now seek to help other blended families. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and you'll meet the Morgans in just a moment. These interviews are for the purpose of telling the stories of people whose lives have been changed by faith in Jesus Christ. And once changed, they find purpose in helping other people experience the same joy and fulfillment. As always, we thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for the support which allows us to tell these stories. Learn more about FEBC's own stories of changed lives around the world at febc.org. Blended Together Forever is a ministry aimed at helping those who have remarried find peace and hope in the blended family life. Started by Craig and Gina Morgan in the midst of the lessons they learned as a family, they now reach out to help other people in the same circumstances. We first talked with them on First Person, where their ministry was just starting out, but on a recent trip to Dallas, we had the opportunity to get caught up. Well, Craig and Gina, it's been a number of years since we were together. Uh, I lost track of how many years. You think it was like 2013, Craig? I think so. I believe so. Okay. But it's great to be back again. Thanks for yes. having me into your home to, to do the interview today and uh, to talk about Blended Together. Thank you for being here. And we're Gina, great. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Let's start with reviewing your own story. You have a pretty unique story uh, here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Gina, you want to start off for us? Sure, I'd be happy to. We uh, met on a blind date 28 years ago and now are about to be celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary. And we blended our children I had four boys. He had a little boy and a little girl, and we had one little son together. So in all, six boys, one girl. And that came from a blind date. And uh, (laughs) now we are empty nesters enjoying the honeymoon phase, which comes at the end of a blended, when you're in a blended family, comes at the end. All those children seem to have grown up for some reason all these years later, Craig. They have. They go from 37 now down to 25. We had six boys. I noticed you had to look at Gina to get affirmation on that. (laughs) Is that the right? (laughs) Six boys, one girl, and we now have two grandchildren. Congratulations. Thank you. They're fun. Yeah. So... Um, when you two came together and blended your families, uh, how long before you realized, hey, there's something here that maybe maybe we need help with and maybe some others could use some help with? Probably the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the honeymoon was over. <laughs> yeah. we Day we came that. home. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what were some of those early struggles? I would say um, the the loyalties, the... You know, uh, my kids, my loyalty, you know, to my kids and his loyalty to his kids, they came, they had time with us. You know, they came first in the marriage. They were here and we have history with them first. Yeah. And it was a transition for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely it was. Absolutely it was. So I would say um, 
you know, things that would happen in the house, you know, maybe little disruptions, a few little disruptions here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, you, you treat your kids a little different than you would <laughs> uh, the other kids. Uh-huh. Um, I, I would say that that was a. That was part of it. Um, kids are also very smart and very good at dividing and conquering. Oh, yes. They were good at that with us, and we didn't even know what was going on. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Craig, what, what do you saying? remember about those early days? I think the expectations were unrealistic. Um, you know, you think, okay, we've come through right. some pain, and we're going to blend our family together, and we're going to march down the road and it's all going to be perfect quicker yeah i I thought it would be a lot quicker than than it was it took a lot longer Mm -hmm. um and was it different for different children it had to be right yes it was um i know one of gina's bonded really quick Mm -hmm. with me Mm -hmm. but he was younger he was in fact he was the youngest Mm -hmm. uh chandler and you know with, I think, another one of the kiddos, he realized I wasn't his father. And so, therefore, there was a loyalty issue of, ooh, wait, if I like Craig, then I'm going to feel like I'm being disloyal to my own dad. So, that kind of kept him at bay. And I wish we had understood all these things, mm-hmm. you know, many, many years ago. But that's what really was going on and why it took a little bit longer. And the pace was different for mm-hmm. all the kids. Did you know early on when you were facing these things as a couple, did you know that maybe you had something here that could help other people? Or did that come later? That came much later. Well, I, I felt like I was just trying to keep my head above water with, with that many kids. And we had a yeah. business and I was involved in helping with that. Until Denny approached mm-hmm. us. That was probably the wake up call. Explain. Uh, yeah, where we were going to church, our senior pastor, Denny, approached me and he said, Craig, I've been reading up on blended families and 40% of the kids today in the U.S. are raised in a blended family. And I know you are one. And Gina is a great role model as a stepmom and Mother's Day's coming. So this year, I don't want to do the traditional Mother's Day stand and applaud and give them a rose, which is fine. I want y'all to tell your story Hmm. on how you're making it work. (laughs) And I said, well, he wasn't in the suburban when he was coming to church this morning, obviously. (laughs) But but I did notice I I would have lunch with the kids at school often, and that was back when you could sit at their table and, and commune with the other children at their table. And I knew there was, there was an issue there. Everybody at the table came from blended families Mm. and, it, I, I just noticed and told Craig, they're everywhere. And that was 20 years ago. It's probably even more the case now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes, absolutely. The numbers mm-hmm. are even much more off the chart than they were. Do you have any of those statistics at the top do. of your head? I do. There's a few. Uh, 113 million adults have at least one step-family relationship. Um out of every three marriages that now occur, one creates a blended family or okay. a step family. So mm-hmm. the numbers keep growing big time. And what's the survival rate of, of mm. uh, blended families? It's not good. Um, you know, you hear the statistics of divorce the first time around, and that's high, mm-hmm. uh, even in the church. Well, the second time, it's even higher. 
and um, it could be as high as 67% according to some studies. And if they actually tried a third time, the divorce rate is 74%. So it's all hmm. off the chart. And you were telling me the story earlier of a pastor who introduced you by saying, I want to apologize to those of you. Tell, tell yes, me about that. Yes, I think that was so healing mm-hmm. for his congregation we spoke at. And they were kicking off a blended uh, Bible study. Uh, so they took the whole service to do the kickoff and tell our story. And when he got up at the end, he he apologized to his congregation if anybody had been offended or felt left out or less than. And I think that brought so much healing and mm-hmm. help for that congregation and to feel welcome there that they have a place. Mm-hmm. It was powerful. Uh, it was so powerful. I was just deeply touched his his posture because his heart was so good and um and it was just a i wish we had it on mm-hmm. video it was mm-hmm. it was that powerful mm-hmm. you live in the dallas area beautiful suburb beautiful home you have here great career great family why take this on why take on blended together forever well, believe me, I, I, I dug my heels in for quite a while uh, after getting all these kids, you, you know, somewhat raised because we started this before the last couple left the house. So I I wasn't all in favor. I wasn't the one cheering it on, not to the level we're doing it right now. I was like, well, let's have a potluck in the house and have the <laughs> blended families from our church over, mm-hmm. but never... Uh, Never speaking engagements, never writing a workbook or now a book about our story, which is is really involved in going deep back into some of those places. That, that book I, will come out next year, I understand? Exactly. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Yes. So, um, but, you know, I, I had to get alone with God and, and say, because my phone would ring every other day and Craig would be on there saying, you'll never believe what door opened now. And I said, you know, every time I answer the phone from him, it's that. And I finally had to just say, okay, God, I give up. Because every time I try to put the brakes on, you add another speaking engagement or we need to go here. And, and so I said, I, I give up. I'll do this. And the more we started seeing the need for this in churches and the people mm-hmm. that would come up to us and just broken, then I... I knew this was bigger than, than the, it, it, it was just needed. To put it simply, you feel called to what oh, you're yes. doing. Yes. Oh, yes. It, the need is so huge, and it's such an unaddressed need in the church. We just felt like we have to do something, and uh, we want to champion any other ministries that could be helping blended families, literally coast to coast, because there's a huge right. market, right. a huge need for sure. To give hope, absolutely. That and, and, some and ours tools wasn't. That can, you know, we didn't do it perfect. Oh, ours no. was messy. It was ugly. You know, there were battles, mm-hmm. and you know, but we we didn't give up. Right. And we're seeing now on the other side of that, and uh, we just know that there is a need for it. Just like you know, just like celebrate recovery. That doesn't mean you condone you know, addiction, mm-hmm. but the church is there to help with that. Sure. And that's what we want to see is some help. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to talk with Craig and Gina Morgan of Blended Together Forever in just a moment here on First Person. When I first heard that good news on the FBC's station, I tried praying to Jesus for the first time. Life is difficult, but Christ is helping me 
see things differently. The Far East Broadcasting Company receives millions of responses each year from grateful listeners. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guests are Craig and Gina Morgan. They are together in this ministry called Blended Together. What's the um, the elevator speech, as we say, for, for your mission statement, Craig? Oh, it's to pick up the pieces and make the family whole again. And here's why. Blended formally starts with a losing record. I'm a sports nut, and if you lose the first game, they say you're 0-1. <laughs> well, a blended family is formed from a loss. Either a spouse has passed away and may have remarried, or in our case, a divorce had occurred, and then we remarry, and so they're actually formed out of a loss. But there is hope, and even though it may be a little rough at the beginning, we're a living proof that the marriage can be successful, it can have a redemptive posture, and it can be a blessing for even your children to see that, hey, marriage still works, even if it may have not started off on the best foot, look, and they can really see that. And that's what we hope. Let's dig a little deeper here. Uh, Some of the um, needs of the blended family are pretty obvious. What are some of the less obvious things that go on in blending families together? Some things that you learned and perhaps things that you speak to others about. Sure. I would say one thing that I learned uh, as a mom of that many children is I thought I had to be here and manage and and be in control of everything. Uh, I let a lot of things go with myself. I didn't put myself first in a lot of areas. Uh, I never took time to go to women's retreats or to get alone with women. And I've been involved with Hearts of Beauty now for several years. And in going to that so late in life, I tell these young ladies, if they ask me, what would I do different? It would be, I would have nurtured this heart and gotten alone with God away that, you know, the house wasn't going to fall in (laughs) if I walked out the door, but I thought it would Mm -hmm. because there were so many moving parts and so many schedules here. So I would, uh, I would have, I would have taken time to, to be alone off with other women of like mind and, uh, and, and nurture my heart and with Jesus. Yeah, you had to feed one. your own soul mm-hmm. and put fuel in that tank so you could right. minister to your own family. Right. Uh, right. How about you, Craig? One big one jumps out as I sit here today, thinking back many, many, many years. Um, I think a lot of parents, and I can speak for me, we lose the parenting edge when you're trying to blend. Um, As an example, when there's conflict with kids, Mm -hmm. I would tend to give grace to my own and would maybe toe the line a little bit more with hers. And if I was just, if I didn't have any fear, guilt issues from the past, I would have parented better. And so that was one big one for me. I think it's natural for blended families to lose that edge, even if they would have normally stood up and said, no, we're not going to do that. You're almost afraid to say, because if they don't like that, they'll stay at mom's and they won't come over. And you're kind of walking on eggshells to a little bit. You lose a little bit of the parenting, just common sense that 
through that period. Those are both good examples from from each of you there. Uh, What did you do to make sure you're on the same page? Because there's a lot of, you know, we can talk about this in this nice neutral atmosphere, but when you're going through it, there's a tension, isn't Mm -hmm. there, Gina? Very much. And how do you stay on the same page together as a couple? Yeah. When you're still learning to live with each other at the same time. Right. There were times we weren't on the same page. And I think a lot of that came from um, realignment. Right. That didn't take place early on, and very that true. that was uh, that was a big that that was very hurtful on my part, and you know there had to be some healing there. Do you remember what you did to overcome it? I do. It was seven years into the marriage. It was a while in, and um, we went to a marriage boot camp for a weekend. Hmm. And that's a brave thing to do. Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> that was not easy. They peel you one layer at a time. <laughs> and okay. Who who uh, who insisted you go? Was that your idea or Craig's idea? <laughs> it would have been Gina. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay. All right. <laughs> and my best friend that was a life coach at that time that was one of the facilitators, she said, you guys are candidates for this. Yeah. <laughs> so we went. Yeah. And I think it was a big eye opener. It was. Mm-hmm. For for me, I realized I've got to put the marriage first. And up until then, I'd actually put my kids first. And I realized that doesn't work long term. Initially, you can realign slowly, but eventually you've got to put the marriage first. And that was probably where we both said, all right, regardless of the kids, if they're trying to divide and conquer or we got issue with, you know, we, we could set. Uh, separate the issue of, okay, this is your kid that did this. No, that's your child that did that. <laughs> we would like, okay. It doesn't work, work, does it? No, it doesn't. So we really elevated the marriage at that point. And Gina helped me. She goes, Craig, just don't try so hard. Let the kids kind of bond together. They'll figure it out. And that's probably what happened back mm-hmm. then. You had a mixture of young and old children, at the, um, old, you right. know, young adult children, really, uh, when your marriage came together, right? Pretty right. close. And yet some younger ones as well. How did you, you know, navigate through those waters? Well, you know, the, the older ones were a big help with the younger ones. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that even that started evolving when I was a single mom. The older ones all had a had a chore to do. You know, you get the diaper bag to get in the car. You make sure that we've got extra diapers to build, you know. Just like all, any family where there's they, older children, younger children, they the, helped, the older They helped help out. out. Sure, and yeah. then, bless her heart, our one daughter, she was so good with the two little ones. And, mm-hmm. uh, and one especially gravitated towards her. Well, they both did. They kind of fought over her. So she was a huge help and she was nurturing, you know, and, and really good with them. Mm-hmm. So she was a huge help. Yeah. So... Everybody had their, you know, had their role at some point. How do blended families navigate when there's a, um, when the custody is split between the divorced parents or whatever the situation is? That's tough. Um, obviously, there's typically a court that has said, all right, these are the guidelines that on this first, third, and fifth weekend, they go to see dad, or on the summer months, they go over here. We understand why that's necessary, but at the same right. time, it doesn't really build unity as a family, no, does it? No, it doesn't. And it I think was tough. it well it was tough. And we tried to get our kids uh, where they were off visiting their other parent at the same time. Right. So that when we were together, we were all together as a family. And what is right. what I remember about that, that's the funny part about it, is that we have the hours, if you remember I told you. And what he would always say is, 
I get the worst end of the deal. I'm stuck with y'all and they get to go to other houses. Well, he didn't know at that time. You know, he looked at it as they're having fun. They're off. I'm stuck with you too. And uh, so that that was kind of funny. But we, we did try to get all the visitations at the same time away from the home. So we were together as a family unit during the week. And we always had Monday night together as family night and made that real special. We'd have a theme type meal. We would all you know, after that, gather around the table and have a uh, a leadership slash Bible study lesson, to which sometimes that turned into a comedy show. The main <laughs> goal for the for the kids was to see if they could get mom to laugh and get him to brawled up. So uh, we have lots of fond memories and funny memories and stories from that. I can't even start into that. And then afterwards, we would all gather around and watch Seventh Heaven that used to be on TV years ago. But Monday night was family night, and we made it real special. We played games. We had a trampoline at that time. We just try to make it special. It's hard to maneuver all seven schedules, and they, they were all in sports or band, and there was so much going on. We had to have one night that we could all be together as one family right. and check our calendars together. <laughs> so, And if I could add one thing to that, um, which is uh, co-parenting. Oh. Um, it's tough when you've got exes and different schedules and different values, different homes, and maybe try. But if it's all possible— Try to coexist with the other, which could be the ex-spouse. We're not trying to say you got to be best buddies and you got to go out and have coffee together, but it's important that you realize, okay, maybe the marriage has dissolved, but not the parenting. If you're still raising children, you elevate the kids. It's about the kids. It's not about your marriage or your past. And so hopefully if people will go with that posture, they'll go, hmm, what's in the best interest of our children? Because you're still their children. Yeah, sure. One more thing. Many people listening aren't part of a blended family, but they're touched by a blended family. Maybe yes. it's a grandparent who's listening right? or an aunt or an uncle or some close friends and they live with a blended family. What is our role with them? What can we do to encourage them? Oh, that's a great point. Um, I remember the first time we asked a question where we were speaking, I said, how many of you have been touched by divorce just to the immediate north, south, east, or west, which means your mom or dad, your son or daughter, or your brother or sister, and about 85 to 90% of the room raised their hand. Mm -hmm. So even if they hadn't personally had to deal with a blending of a family. They've got a mom or dad or a brother, sister or a cousin or somebody. And so if they are aware of the issues of switching homes, loyalty conflicts, co-parenting, ooh, uh, different styles of step, I mean, there's all those factors, just the awareness helps them, I think, you know, become more aware of, hmm, there's some special situations that it helps them it touches it touches everybody it uh you know i think the resources that we have and the website we have can help the resources gina just mentioned are found on their website and we will place a link to it at firstpersoninterview.com craig and gina morgan are available to speak in churches and they've also begun to produce a podcast with help for blended families you can access information about that when you click on the link found at firstpersoninterview.com. You'll also find a schedule there of our upcoming guests in the weeks ahead. Bringing you these weekly interviews is made possible by the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Why? 
Because the stories of lives changed by Christ are celebrated by all of us. And FEBC wants you to rejoice at the stories of people turning to Christ wherever FEBC's programs are heard. Take the time to view the testimonies found at febc.org. Now with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.